bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobi. And now, today's word. Last week, I started talking about the push and the pull factors of life. And uh, I, I am continuing my message. Um, last week was, What is Running After You? And today, my message is titled, What Are You Running For? It's, it sounds faster when it's uh, better when it's spoken faster. What are you running for? It's a question I want to ask you, and I, it's a question I want you to ask yourself. What am I running for? What, what am I hustling for? Because I use the word running to mean the effort we make to move on in life. Some call it the hustle. Uh, each one of us runs. We do something. There, there is a, a running around in our lives. Just take a stand at any busy intersection uh, in, in a city and you will see people moving up and down and sometimes you wonder, where are they going and uh, what are they trying to achieve? To uh, go on with my message, I want you to remember the legend of the lion and the gazelle that I mentioned last week and I will repeat it and it says every morning in Africa and I suppose in every country where uh, this situation takes place it may not be a lion and a gazelle but something similar takes place every morning in Africa a gazelle wakes up knows that it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed and every morning a lion wakes up knows that it must run faster than the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you are a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better start running. And that, that's how our life is. Sun up to sundown, we're running. We're either a lion trying to catch something or a gazelle making sure nobody catches us. But whichever you are, the push factors and the pull factors of life affect us. Last week we looked at four kinds of Runners, we talked about Hagar, who was running from the consequences of her past. We talked about Jephthah, who was running from rejection. We talked about David, who is running from evil conspiracies. And we talked about Jonah, who is running from responsibility and God's plan for his life. It's important to figure out why you are running in life. And, and to determine whether the race you are on is leading you in a productive direction or not. And it's important to ask yourself, why am I in so much hurry? Why am I doing all this hard work I'm doing? What am I pushing for? What am I trying to achieve? It's always a blessing to see God use our disadvantages to drive us in life. However, we could also be wrongly driven in different directions. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 has this to say. And the observer or the writer of Ecclesiastes says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance 
happen to them all. Swiftness, speed, is not always an advantage if the timing is wrong and if the opportunity has been misused. So, many times we are running, but timing is wrong. And many times we are running, but it is not our turn to run. And that is going to form the basis of my message today, because today we're going to look at two kinds of runners. One who runs with a mission, and the other who runs without a mission. And my passage is going to be from Second Samuel chapter 18. And uh, I would comment on a, a large portion of it that I'll be reading. The background to this passage is about David and his son Absalom. Absalom has led a revolt against his father David. And so a civil war has ensued. And in this process, uh, David has to leave Jerusalem and Absalom temporarily uh, becomes the king. And in the civil war that ensued, David's son, Absalom, is killed in battle. And now a messenger has to go and deliver the message to David that his son Absalom, who rebelled against him, has just been killed in battle. So who is the messenger who is going to take this message? Who ran with such a message to David? Now you have to understand that uh, the first when when Saul was killed, the messenger who carried the message to David that Saul uh, had been killed was killed by David, and then Saul's son Ishbosheth, who tried to rebel also against David after Saul died, was also killed. And the person who sent the message to David that Ishbosheth has been killed was killed by David. So it looks like carrying. Messages of this nature can be very hazardous to your health if you have to go and give such a message to David. So Absalom is dead in battle. One side, it's, it's a good news, but knowing how David has responded in the past, who is going to tell David that you have won, but your son is dead? Very delicate message. And that is the background to what we are going to read. Second Samuel. Chapter 18, verse 19 to 23. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run now and take the news to the king, how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. So Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? But whatever happens, he said, Let me run. So he said to him, Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. There are two kinds of runners here. 
The first one is called Ahimaz. That's his name. His name actually in Hebrew means my brother is wrath or my brother is anger. Whether his name indicates his personality or not is another story, but uh, it probably shows that he is a highly uh, tempered, hot-tempered, driven personality. He's a person who you will call he's an action man. He's a person who always wants to do something. And the passage describes Ahimas as the son of Zadok. Zadok is the priest. So he's from the right stock. If his father is a priest, then he's also a priest. And in Israel, the, the priestly family was a very highly considered family. So you would say that he's from the right kind of family. Secondly, he's a faster runner than the other guy who has been sent with a message. He is a very, very good runner. He's got speed. He's swift. Thirdly, he's a trusted messenger of David, because if you read uh, passages from Second Samuel chapter 15, uh, verse 35 to 36, you realize that this was not the first time that he had carried messages for David. It was something that he did. In Second Samuel chapter 17, uh, he carried messages to David. So this is a man with a trusted record. Of carrying messages. If you read. Uh, just to read the Second Samuel 17. Verse 15 to 17. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. Thus and so Ahithophel advised Absalom. And the elders of Israel. And thus and so I have advised. Now therefore send quickly and tell David saying. Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him will be swallowed. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed at En-Rogel, for they dared not be seen coming into the city. So a female servant would come and tell them, and they would go and tell David. So this Ahimaaz, he, he's a courier for David. He, he's smart, he's a priest, uh, he's got speed, he, he's trusted, he's got experience, he, he's the right man for the job. So if you were assessing the situation at the moment, David has to hear a message. It's a delicate message. It has to get to him quickly. This is a trusted messenger. Ahimas, he's done it all the time. David knows him. His father is a priest. Priest, He's got speed. Everything seems to indicate that for this moment, Ahimaaz must go on this message or on this mission. Yet, he's not sent. He's not picked. The race is not to the swift all the time. Sometimes people who seem to have everything together may be jumped over. And there is a second runner. The second runner is called the Kushite. That is a description. It's not a name. His name is not mentioned. He is just mentioned by his tribe or by the way he looked. He is a Kushite. Literally, it means the black man. He is a man with no name. He's 
supposedly trusted because he's around in the corridors of power. So there is a crisis. And this is the first time we are hearing him being called to service. Joab said to the Cushite, go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. He has two things that Ahimaaz doesn't have. He has a mission and he has a message. A mission and a message. But he does not have speed. He does not come from a royal family. He does not come from the priestly flock. He does not even know the shortcuts of the terrain. And he is not addressed by name. So if you look at these two people, Ahimaaz is known by name. His parenthood is right. He's got speed. He's got pedigree. He's got the credentials. He should send a message. Kushite. No pedigree. No name. Doesn't have the speed. Doesn't know the terrain so well. But he is called to do the job. The race is not always to the swift. There will be an opportunity that comes that doesn't always favor the most highly qualified. He has a message. He's the man for the hour. There are those who run in life because they have a message and a mission. And then there are those who run in life because they just can't stand still. They need to be seen. And Ahimas was like that. He's an action person. He can't stand still. And I want you to listen to Ahimaaz's questions or statements. He says, let me run now. Let me run now. It's a spirit of entitlement. Then he says, whatever happens, let me also run. A spirit of competition. This guy says, the message must be given and I am going to give the message. Joab said to him, you will not give the message because it is above your pay grade. It is beyond you. Why? Because the king's son is dead. And history shows if you don't have what it takes to carry this message, you get into trouble. So although you have qualified, you will not go. But he says, whether I have a message or not, I will go. There are people like Ahimas in our world. Those who run because they just can't accept that some races are not theirs to run. They just feel, I must also be there. They are the wannabes. They want to be in the mix of things. They want to be where the action is. So when something is happening, whether they're supposed to do it or not, they do it. And there are a lot of ahimazes in this world running simply because they want to be seen. And then there are those ahimas also represent those who run because they want to outrun others. Somebody is doing it, they will say, I will beat him. I will do it better. I can be better. And they will tell you, give you their pedigree. I know this guy. When we were in school, I was first. He was last. I come from a rich family. He's from a poor family. I've done this before. He's never done before. I can beat him. The fact that you can beat somebody doesn't mean you are called to the fight. 
The race is not for the swift and the battle is also not for the strong. There are those who run because they can't allow others to shine. They always have to spoil it for somebody else. And there are people like that and I hope you are not one of them. I hope you are not one of those who run because you just can't stand that it's somebody's turn. You just can't stand that somebody you think is inferior to you has got an opportunity you don't have. You just can't stand that somebody you think you are better than has a door open. And if you are an Ahimas, you will run without a mission and without a message. Very fast, very talented, but going nowhere. So this is how the race is set up. And Joab, the general of David's army says, listen Ahimas, we know everything about you, but you're not running. He says, whether you like it or not, I am running. So eventually Joab says, run. It is, it is those kinds of permission when they give you, you don't take it. You are forcing it and you are told, okay, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. It's going to be a long time, a great effort, but you're going to achieve nothing. So let me ask you a question. Between these two, for the race you are running now, are you an Ahimaaz or a Kushite? Are you running purposefully because you are supposed to run or you are running because you can't stand the person who is running? You can't stand the person who is winning. You can't stand the person you think you are better than who seems to be doing well. If he can do three, I can do ten. If he can do ten, I can do hundred. I know him. I'm better than him. I can beat him. And there are many people running races like that. Life is an incessant competition. Even when there is no competition, they will invent one. Somebody buys a shoe, you must buy a better one. Somebody buys a car, you must buy a nicer one. Somebody builds a house, you must get more bedrooms than he has. Your whole race in life is to say, I can't allow the Kushite to run and me stand. There will come a time, and that's what Job is telling Ahimaaz. A time, another message will come and you will be given the opportunity, but this particular one is not for you. May God help you. May God help you not to run because somebody else is running. So let's see the outcome. So there are two people running. If you look at it, when Ahimaaz is told to run, although the Kushite took the lead, Ahimaaz knew the shortcuts of the terrain. He's been doing it all his life. And so he uses a shortcut, he runs faster, and he overtakes the Kushite. So you think, oh, he has overtaken, and this guy is going to win the prize. Let's see the outcome. Verse 24. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof of, over the gate to the wall, lifted up his eyes and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king and said, and the king said, if he is alone, there is news in his mouth. 
And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, There's another man running alone. The king said, He also brings good news. So two people are bringing news. Uh, So the watchman said, I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king says, he's a good man and comes with good news. So Ahimaaz called out and said to the king, all is well. Then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king. And said, blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised up their hand against my lord the king. The king said, is a young man Absalom safe? Ahimaaz answered, when Job sent the king's servant and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was about. And the king said to him, stand aside and stand here. Can you imagine? He says, when we were sent to go, I saw a crowd gathering. I didn't know what it was about. But I wanted to run. It's like those days in Ghana when, you know, uh, we used to uh, line up, queue up for everything. And sometimes you go to a place and people have queued up. And you don't know what the queue is about. You join the line. And then you get to the end and realize that they are selling something you don't need. There are people joining lines and queues and running. And when you ask them, why are you running? He says, I saw the crowd gathering, but I didn't know what it was about. David says, if you run this fast and you had no message, turn aside and stand here. May that never be your portion. That after you have run effectively in life, you are told, stand aside because you carried nothing. You were just competing with somebody. Alright, so he turned aside and stood, verse 30, and stood still, verse 31. Just then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord the king, for the lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is a young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, oh, thus, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. If only I died in your place. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. I want you to watch what the Cushite is doing. He knows people who have carried these messages in the past get into trouble. So he's asked, what's happening is a young man Absalom safe? He didn't say the boy is killed. He didn't say, I saw him with my own two naked eyes. The, the boy has been killed because people who give such direct messages to David get into trouble. He said, Oh king, may it happen to your enemies as it has happened to that boy. And the king got the coded message. He understood. The delicateness of the moment. And he gave the right message. The king knew Absalom had died. But death had not been mentioned. And that is why this guy was right for the job. He doesn't have speed. But he has the wisdom for the hour. To deliver the right message. 
When you see somebody running, don't just run after them. They may operate at a wisdom level you don't have. They may not have your certificate. They may not have your degrees. They may not have your pedigree. But for this race, they have something you don't have. Ahimaaz was told, stand aside. He has run so long. He has run ahead. He has the best family. He had lots of past successes. Yet he's told, turn aside and stand here. The Kushite, he ran. His life is spared. The king gets the message. The deed is done. He came second, but he was first. He came behind, but he delivered the result. That is why in life you don't just struggle with people who overtake you. Because they may be running with no message. You run the race that is set before you. And you finish it well. And when you finish it well, your message will be delivered. The big question is, why was the Kushite chosen? Was it a setup for his failure? Was it a setup for his death? Did Joab send him because he knows this guy is going to be killed? So let me send him. It's a possibility. Because sometimes people may set you up for failure and push you into a zone where they think you will be destroyed. But God can use that setup for his appointment to your destiny. Do you know the number of times people will set you up for failure? People will put you in places because they think you will fail. You will not amount to anything. I have lived a little bit of this life and I've seen people who were set up for failure being appointed by God for destiny. I have seen people whose bosses set them up, put them into the wrong office, into the wrong uh, department, just, just destroying them and God turning it around. Maybe that is what Joab was doing. He says, somebody must die today. Somebody is going to die today. Because by experience, David is going to kill the person who carries this message. Ahimaaz is too precious. Cushite dispensable. He's a black man. He's dispensable. But God used that set up to his glory. That is why in life you don't always complain about people setting you up. In their minds, they would say, you are finished. You are dead. You are going nowhere. This is the end. In God's mind, this is the race he must run. This is the appointment. This is something he or she alone can do. May God set you up for success. I said, may God set you up for success. You may not be running as fast as everybody, but you will deliver your message. You will deliver your mission, your appointment, your destiny shall manifest. In conclusion, message to every Kushite. And by Kushite, I mean people who are nameless. You haven't done much. But there will come a moment in your life. When God will pick you out for something unique. And when the time comes, be like the Kushat. When Joab says, go and run. The Bible says he bowed himself and ran. 
doesn't have speed, but he ran. Doesn't know the terrain well, but he ran. He doesn't come from the right family, but he ran. He, he, people have set him up for failure, but he ran. Forget about people's motives. Forget about what they want to do. Forget about the agendas. Just run the race that is set before you because you're going to run and you're going to deliver the message. Somebody say, I'm a Kushite. And to the Kushite nations of the world, Ghana included, we may not have the speed of other nations. We may not know and understand the terrain like other people. We may not have done this before, but there will come a time in our destiny, in our history, a moment of destiny. It may look like a setup for failure, but it will be a divine appointment. I, I believe with all my heart, with everything within me, that this season of pandemic, which seems like a setup for destruction, is going to work for our advantage. Is it any wonder? That those who said there will be dead bodies littered all over Africa cannot understand what is happening. Because it is Kushai time. It is Kushai time. And it may be a setup that was supposed to destroy us. But it will be a setup for our manifestation. For our glory. We just have to run and keep running and keep running and keep running. The race that is set before us. May the Lord grant us the spirit that came upon this Kushai. That he ran even when it seemed like somebody was trying to send him on the wrong mission. He ran even when it seemed like he didn't know the terrain well. He ran when it seemed like he doesn't have the speed. Even when he was overtaking, he didn't give up to say, well, now I'm last. I'm not going to run. He kept running. And running from behind. And the first people were told, stand aside. I have a sense. Some Ahimazes are going to be told, stand aside. You have done well to run fast. But this race is not for the swift. It is for those who have time and opportunity working on their behalf. May the Lord give you the wisdom to discern your moment in time and to know when the grace of God is upon you to run that race, to finish it well, and to glorify God. Just stand up and lift up your hands to God. And I want you to talk to the Lord and I just want you to ask the Lord to help you. To help you in the race that is set before you. To help you, to help you, to help you. It may seem like a setup for failure. But it will be to our advantage. In the name of Jesus. Ask God to help you to seize the right moments. Not to run other people's races. Not to be an also run. A wannabe. A copycat. But to do that which he sets before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we come to you fully confident that you have a plan for our lives and a destiny for our assignment. And though men may seek to manipulate the events of our lives, you will set it up for our glory. Because your word says that all things are going to work together for our good because we love you. May this season of our lives set us up for success, set us up for message. Set us up for achievement. We may come from behind, but we will carry a message. We may not know the terrain well, but we are going to carry a message. 
May we run our race effectively to your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you believe you are a Kushite for this moment, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord, and we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.